side of your jeans are wet with a little bit of snow on them. So I may have been crawling around in the you ice. You may have been bit. crawling around or laying on the ice to get photos, or you may have fallen down a few times. I may have, <laughs> I may have wet myself. I don't know. <laughs> Welcome to the Winnie and Bill Chat Podcast. This is Season 2, Episode 3, and we're calling this one Ice Ice Baby. <laughs> Thank you for being with us today. That was my husband, Bill, and I'm Winnie. We are the owners of Quiet Shutter Fine Art and Photography, and this is our podcast. Uh, the way we like to do our podcast is we will post pictures to our Instagram account, which is Quiet Shutter Photo, and we will discuss those pictures, the story behind the picture, what went into making that picture, um, whatever that picture brings up. And you can either follow along while we're while you're listening, or you can check the pictures out later on. Uh, before we get going, I want to thank Anchor Podcast Platform. It's a free podcasting platform you can access from the uh, internet or from a, an app on your smartphone. Um, pretty easy to use. It's free. Um, if we can do it. You can do it. Thanks, Anchor. Thanks, Anchor. We also want to thank our, our son, Andy Johnston, Outdoor Andy TV on Instagram and Twitch for uh, being our sound engineer. He got us set up with all of our, our mics and our soundboard and dialed us in. So thank you, Andy. Thank you, sir. And for our season two theme music, which is the Caffeine Creek Band, found on Pixabay. So um, this this episode, our theme is all about ice. And uh, season two, we have promised you that we would start each podcast with an something inspirational or something that inspired us. So, Bill, if you can go to our first picture. All righty. This is, and is probably more inspirational to me than it is to you, Bill. It's I bet this is maybe even the first time you're seeing this. Uh, yep. Does it look familiar at all? Nope. Okay. This is a painting by an artist whose name is Lauren Harris. And Lauren Harris was a Canadian painter, and he was a member of what was and is known as the Group of Seven. He was number six. <laughs> he was maybe number one. Oh. Um, he, the group of seven artists in Canada are kind of like rock stars of the art world. Um, they were uh, active in the, from like 1920 to 1933. They um, were a group of artists that got together and sort of created a very uniquely Canadian style of painting. Um, they were mostly landscape painters. And um, Lauren Harris, um, his style in particular evolved over the years and became more abstract and stylized and maybe even more simplistic. 
And the painting that I have here as my inspiration today, and now it's going to be Bill's inspiration, is of icebergs in the middle of the lake. You can see a little bit of ice ledge in the foreground of the picture and a dark brooding sky in the background. Um, I grew up, I'm Canadian. I grew up in Canada. I've always been interested in art. And um, a few times over the years, as I was growing up in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, there would be group of seven art shows that would travel through town. And and thank goodness my parents were aware enough to uh, take a, take me at least to see some of those shows. I remember when I was really young, art shows were in the basement of the library. It was before Sault Ste. Marie had its own art gallery, which it has now. Which you worked at. And I worked at the art gallery. Best job I ever had, maybe. Um, but um, like I said, the group of seven are legendary. My mother talks about um, when she was a child growing up, up the line, as they say, so somewhere remote from Sault Ste. Marie, that one of the members of the group of seven, and I don't remember which one she said it was, would paint often near the farm that she was growing up on. And they thought he was just a strange old man that was out there painting and they would watch him and they would giggle and laugh and sometimes throw rocks at him, which is terrible. But um, so for me, the group of seven sort of looms large in my history, in my background, in my way of thinking. And um, um, as a matter of fact, tonight on the internet, there is a uh, live conversation with the Carmichael Gallery um, about Tom Thompson. Now, Tom Thompson was not one of the group of seven artists. He came before the group of seven artists, but he was the inspiration for that group of artists. Um, as a matter of fact, I think I read that Lauren Harris said Tom Thompson was a member of the group of seven before the group of seven um, was a thing. So anyways, this is my inspiration for today. Uh, iceberg floating in the lake and done in a very stylized and artistic way. So what do you think about ice and art, Bill? Uh, I, I like the idea, actually. I, I enjoy photographing ice. Um, ice is one of those things you can almost, you can almost feel the temperature um, when you're either painting it or taking pictures of it. Or viewing, or yeah. Or viewing yeah. it. You know, it's, it's, I mean, there's so many different ice structures depending on where it is you're taking pictures and where, you know, it can be anything from beautiful to destructive to, yes. um, you know, it really does. And as we've talked about before in the winter in Northern Michigan, sometimes it's easy to let yourself get kind of depressed and not think that there's any beauty outside. But ice is one of those things that is really beautiful. If you take the time to look. Yeah. I quite often find myself when it's things, first start freezing up i find myself trying to take pictures of ice forming and then uh as the winter goes on i i look for where it has built up in different places and and suspended itself to trees and all kinds of other things i know i we i i plugged in my uh external hard drives today and just typed in a search for ice and so many photos came up that we've taken over the years. And a lot of them um, are credited to you, Bill. And um, I eliminated, because we only choose so many to talk about on our podcast, I eliminated several that were excellent pictures. And one comes to mind of 
I think you and Andy took a little hike over on Horton Creek mm-hmm. and there was a stick that was sort of hanging out over the creek and water had splashed up on it and over time had created these teardrop icicles. Yeah, I remember that was there was like three or four of them that were they were just really cool symmetrical teardrops that were and I was trying to catch the they were actually that was in the fall and they were just forming. Yeah. And they were actually still dripping a little bit. So, yeah. This time of year, definitely ice is a number one to- uh, subject for us. And, and we go looking for the ice. Yeah. And then late, late winter, you're looking for it to uh, signs of it to breaking up and going away. So, it's- and it is fascinating to see, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not a scientist, but just the phases of the ice and how it forms and then how it breaks up in the spring and, it's it's always different, always changing. It's uh, yeah, ice is a good subject. Let's let's go to our next picture. Okay. So this is a a picture of um, an ice shelf that popped up on the shoreline at, in on Lake Charlevoix, where we live here at Park of the Pines. And I have to guess that you probably took this picture. You, I think you are more motivated in the winter to get down and be creative with the ice structures down on Lake Charlie boy. And this one is excellent. It's a um, couple of pieces of ice have sheared up and uh, the sun is setting. So the light is passing through the ice and the ice is pink and the sky is blue, but the sun is setting and you can see the, all the rays of the sun, a nice starburst captured there. Yeah. The, I find it fascinating to find, um, shards of ice like this that are sticking up that are somewhat transparent that I can uh, they're almost like stained glass windows to me they um that's a good analogy they've I got think. veins going everywhere in them and depending on how the light hits them changes their whole characteristic and I I just enjoy taking pictures sometimes I I try and take pictures of the light shooting through them and um yeah it's just fun to to uh try and find a different window I like your analogy of the ice being like stained glass windows. That's absolutely true. You know, in the the morning, the ice reflects the color differently than midday. And then sunset, it reflects the colors differently too. It's um, beautiful. This picture as well, it must, this must've been late winter. um, Like when the ice was moving some anyways, I don't think it wasn't broken up by any means, but in the, in the uh, middle of the picture or, you can actually see there's a little bit of open water and then the reflection from the uh, clouds are actually shining down on the water as well. Do you think that that's open water or do you think I'm going to blow that up and look a little closer? That could just be frozen clear ice. It could be. There does though seem to be quite a bit of snow on the lake, which would indicate later in the winter. Yeah. Although this year we didn't get ice until just a couple of weeks ago. No. And, and, uh, a lot of lakes are like this, but Charlotte in particular, the shoreline is some of the most unsafe part of the lake. If you can get 10 feet out into the lake, the waters, the ice is a whole lot more safe. And, and uh, that is true. If you're going to go through the ice, it'll be in the first little bit getting out onto often, the, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Look at this, Bill. I blew it up. And that little area that looks like open water is actually frozen because you can see a crack through the middle. Of oh, it. yeah. It's actually like snow that I thought it was a reflection yeah. of clouds, but it's actually just 
a rough uh, area, like a rough ice. area that had re- it may have been open water and refroze or something probably. too. But that's probably true. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Lake Charlevoix is is almost any day, any time of the year is a beautiful subject for taking pictures. Yeah, we are it, fortunate. We are very fortunate, and I think if we this is a picture looking from Park of the Pines. Um, what direction would that be? We're looking North, almost west, west there, a little southwest, but almost due west right there. And towards the city of Charlevoix, which is at the end of Lake Charlevoix. Yes. And we take this direction, this picture, because that's where the sun sets. Um, we, we've taken this directional picture many, many, many times. But if we lined up all the pictures together, none of them would look the same. No. and. Part of that is I'm amazed, having been here for a long time, I'm always amazed how much the sun moves oh, yeah. from, you know, to it, midsummer where it's almost from where we are here at the park, almost north, northwest yeah. to practically south, southwest in the middle of the winter. It's actually swinging back now. Yeah, we're always happy when we see the sun coming back yep. towards towards the northwest that means summer's coming summer's coming it's gonna warm up yeah all right so let's go to our next picture i don't remember which one of us took this picture probably both of us took turns at taking this scene but i'll let you describe this one bill this is a picture of lighthouse which is in frankfurt michigan off the shore in frankfurt i don't think this is the frankfurt one i think this is petoskey I looked it up before you is it sat down. Yeah, huh. it's hard to tell because well, it's encased in ice. It's it's like really really coated up with ice. So it the could light, be the Petoskey one. The lighthouse in Petoskey is it's. I know why you stumbled over the word lighthouse because it's not a lighthouse in the traditional sense of the word, right? It's more like a beacon. Right. It's at the end of a pier. It's at the end of the pier, and it does have a flashing light. I think this is Petoskey now that I'm looking at it, because the the one in Frankfurt, there's actually two at Frankfurt. Yeah. And they're both just have, like, like cement pads around them. There's not a... This one has a cement pad around it. But yeah, but it I think that's the end ice. of the pier at Petoskey. It is the end of the pier. I was wondering, too. That's why I looked it up. And um, in Michigan, if you're a lighthouse person, Michigan is a great place to spend some time because I don't know how many lighthouses are on the shoreline of Michigan, but Michigan is surrounded by Lake, Lake yeah. Huron, Lake Superior, Lake Michigan. And uh, so there are lighthouses all over the place. You could spend you could spend a couple of weeks traveling from one to another. And Yeah, I think you can actually buy like a little lighthouse map of Michigan. Because people will oh, do just, that. I think you can just download one and off you the can internet. Just, they, they actually will go all around the state checking off their list of, some of them are not easy to get to. Some of them don't have roads that go right to them. Right. Some of them you have to see from the water. Right. And some of them are now privately owned and you yeah, we may found have that to, up. you may have to pay a fee. We're like, nope, not yeah. doing that. And where was that? Somewhere in the UP, we drove for a long, long ways. It was up by Marquette. And we got to the lighthouse only to find out that you had to pay a fee to be able to see it. And we decided we'd seen many lighthouses before. <laughs> right. I remember it's a road that goes from Marquette up straight north of town. I can't, That's right. I can't remember the name of the town that you go to. But yeah, there's a, a lighthouse there that uh, 
Yeah, you end up at somebody's driveway I, and you right. have to pay five dollars. Well, to and go I think see they the might House. run it like a bed and breakfast. I think or that's what it there. is. They actually have turned it into. A I mean, that B&B. actually would be kind of fun. We it just weren't kind of prepared cool. for that yeah. that day. Right, right. So this is the little little Travers, the little Travers Bay in Petoskey, Michigan, and it's the what everyone calls the lighthouse. I would call it a beacon. <laughs> what would you call it, Bill? Yeah, it's the it's the beacon you, marker at the end of the pier. Must, somebody must be able to go inside of it to go up and change the light if need be, right? I mean, it's oh, just like when it happens here, they climb up on the ice. Oh, <laughs> they climb up on the ice. Yeah. <laughs> this picture, I don't know how many years ago it was taken. The water was the the water of Lake Michigan was still not frozen but there was a lot of ice built up on the ice on the lighthouse that um from it getting splashed and freezing and it's pretty gnarly looking eh yeah that was quite a quite a build up of of ice um yeah people in um in Petoskey will walk out on that pier in the summertime they walk out on the pier and they hang out there and they dive in the water and it's quite the thing I'm always amazed to see how many people will walk out there in the winter. I know. And it just seems really dangerous to me. Oh, it is. Yeah, because it's when the lighthouse is like this. Now, this picture doesn't show it, but typically speaking, the uh, the pier, which is it's quite long, probably a couple hundred yards or more, maybe a quarter of a mile long, and it is coated in ice all right. the time. So Right. Yeah. And the Great Lakes are, you know, they're like oceans. Yep. Oh, and, if you fall off in the, that water, you ain't coming out. Oh, you would get hyperthermia yeah. for sure. But I, I, what I was just saying is you just never know when there's going to be a rogue wave or. Right. Right. Because they're unpredictable. It happens. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, mm-hmm. we, we like to go take pictures. There's a lighthouse in Charlevoix, too, that we like to take pictures of. And, and lighthouses down the Traverse City area. Um, Frankfurt, as Bill mentioned before, everybody loves Point Betsy Lighthouse, which is also. Yeah, that one's been photographed pretty, very a bazillion pretty. times. It's pretty. It's a very nice setting. We have photographed this lighthouse in Petoskey in, in bad weather where the waves are just crashing against this lighthouse higher than the lighthouse. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Kind of an iconic spot around here. We try to keep our eye out, eyes out to see what condition. I tried to find, and it must be in my long packed away hard drives. Um, do you remember the year? This was before we moved to Boyne City. We came over and we took pictures of ice on the lighthouse in Charlevoix. And the whole thing, the, the lighthouse, the pier out to the lighthouse, the rocks around it, they were just really, really coated in ice. Yeah. Yeah, I just looked at that because I work in Charlevoix um, on my way home today, actually. And the uh, that particular lighthouse, the pier that goes out there, has these metal railings, railings yeah. that go out there. And they're pretty coated in ice right now. I was just thinking, we get a sunny day, we should go take some pictures so of that So therein lies the, the thing. Now, this picture of the lighthouse encased in ice, it's kind of a gray day. Um what would have been spectacular if it had been a beautiful sunshine day with a nice blue sky, this would have looked 
That would even really more amazing. Out. Yes, yes. The but colors our, and everything would have really popped up. Oh, it then. would have been just fantastic. Yeah. But the number of sunshine blue sky days we get in northern Michigan in the winter is, is seven. <laughs> yeah. We've already had two. <laughs> and that's some years that's all you get. <laughs> yeah, kind of crazy. Light is everything. All right, let's move on to our next ice picture. All right. So this next picture. Obviously, you took this picture. I took this picture. No yes. question. I took this picture of you in the cave at Eben, Eben Michigan. Um, we've talked about the Eben ice caves before. We talked about it on our last, last episode just a little yeah. bit. Yeah. But I couldn't have an episode that's all about ice and not include the Eben ice cave. Yes. Yes. If uh, looking at this picture and you were standing up looking out of the one of the windows, per se, of the ice cave. I. And, uh, it's surprising that I'm standing up because yeah. <laughs> it's really and I'm sure I had. um yak tracks or something on my boots to help with walking around on the ice. But if right. you see this picture and you look behind where I'm standing, you can see sort of a hallway that goes through the cave. Right. Can you see how the ice is formed there, Bill? It almost looks like a wave that is frozen. Oh yeah. And that's pretty much what it is. And I think that we'd kind of come through there and I'm pretty sure that I was scoot scooting around on my butt. Because yeah, walking around in there is really treacherous. That is a, it kind of curves around. Um, yeah. And it is a frozen wave that's in there actually. And the, yeah. And then to get out, if you look where I'm looking through, which you refer to as a window, I might refer to it as a door or an entry into and out of the cave. You can see that the ice looks like it's flowing into the cave and it's frozen. So in order to get out, you've got to step up. Yeah. But it's not a flat surface you're stepping onto. It's no, because when you step up, you quite often lose your footing and fall down and slide right back and in. Slide right down. So you almost have to. Um, you you got to crawl. Have to crawl out. You got to crawl out. No, no, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, so. like I said, I, I probably stood up for you to take the picture. And if you look at it, I am trying to have a really pleasant look on my face. <laughs> And I'm probably saying to you under my breath, just take the picture. Hurry up. Take hurry, the, up. hurry up. Take the picture. <laughs> Get it right the first time. <laughs> Don't take a picture when I fall over. And I, I'll say it again, even though I think I said it last episode, but the Eben Ice Cave is just magical. It's like a little palace made of ice. Yeah, that's the inside. Um, actually, if we go to our next picture, you can see what it looks like from the outside. This is really impressive. Yeah, this is the Eben Ice Cave. So um, on last we, last episode, we talked about the long trail that you have to walk to get into the ice cave. And you walk across the farmer's field, and then you walk through the woods, and there's a little bit of up and down. And it's, it's um, I mean, it's not a terrible hike, but it's it's tricky. And yeah. there are areas where it's best just to get on your butt and slide down a hill and then crawl up the other side. and Right. But um, the way that the trail goes, you don't really see the ice cave until you get to it. Yeah, you, you can't see it until you are about where we're at in this picture, actually. You come around a pretty significant corner, and you actually have to climb up probably 50 yards, kind of 
on a 40 degree angle. It's pretty steep climb. And up. there it reveals itself and then to it's you. Like, La, here exactly. I, am. I like that you did that because that's what I would have done. La. Like a, it's like a cathedral. Yeah, it is. It is. It's and if you look at this picture of the ice, now the um were we there early in the morning? So the sun was just coming up. Yes. This this was probably the last time we went there. And we actually were smart enough to go. We were fortunate enough to be able to go in the middle of the week. I think I took a day off during the week and we got up really early and went up there. And um, yeah, because it gets really busy anymore. Uh, people going to the ice cave. So if you want to have the place almost to yourself, you got to go early. There were a few people there when we were there. Like I say, maybe I don't think there was anybody there when we first got there. And then there was half a dozen people who were there when we were getting ready to leave. And the sun was just coming up. So we've in this picture, we it, this is a picture of the outside of the Eben Ice Caves. And um, the sun is just cresting over the top of the, what would you call it, a cliff? Yeah, the hillside. So we've caught yep. sort of a starburst sun. Yep. And that what fascinates me of this picture is it's almost like a drapery of ice. Yes. And look at all the different colors in the ice. Yeah. Yeah. The ice, um, you know, there's that whole UP area. The rock that's behind this ice is what they call the Canadian shield. It's iron and granite mostly. So you're getting some of that reddish brown tannins from the the rock that's it leaches into the ice as it forms and then you get the spots where it's just pure water that turns that nice blue color yeah yeah i mean often when you think of ice you think of clear or blue probably yeah and i'm looking at this and i'm seeing a lot of yellow and green and even some purple yeah um yeah there was a little bit of everything it was pretty crazy it is really crazy and then when you go inside i find that it's kind of yellow and greenish now that probably yeah. changes with the time of day it probably the light does and, and it probably temperature changes because even when stuff is f- frozen depending on how cold it is uh de- de- determines the density of the ice and then whether it actually no we're getting we're getting deep into, into the scientific not, explanation i'm not <laughs> going there i was just 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 different there, factors change the color and i think like you say the changes all the time Depending right. on when you're there and how light's hitting it. And, right. And all of those things. So the Ebon Ice Cave is near Munising. And Munising every year has an ice festival. And um, the ice festival really is centered around ice climbing. Correct, Bill? Yes. Have you ever been to a, the ice festival or seen any of the ice climbers? Only I know that you pictures. went. I know you went to college at Northern. In they Market. didn't have it then. You know, I, I looked it up the other day and it's the ice festival's actually been going on longer than I thought. Um, but it has really in the last 10 years or so, it has really become popular ice climbing. So the folks who like to climb in good weather have figured out a way to extend their season all year round by climbing on ice. Right. And so I think when Munising has an awful lot of waterfalls that freeze in the winter and the ice festival has events at a lot of those waterfalls for the ice climbers. And I think that in the last couple of years, I've seen climbers at um, pictures of climbers at the Eben Ice Cave. I believe so. Yeah. I, I kind of would like to go 
to the ice festival some year and take some pictures of ice climbers. There's uh, quite a few of the um, water, um, the faces of pictured rock get a lot of water that falls over them and they they really like to climb that. Yeah, and that's sort of the same phenomenon as the Ebon Ice Cave. Yes. That at pictured rock, it's not that there's a waterfall there. It's just that in, because it's a sheer face and that is actually on the edge of Lake Superior, correct? Right. And yeah. so as snow comes and melts and freezes, it creates. And there's natural springs that leach out of that rock sure. too. So that's a lot of work because there are similar, I've seen pictures. We need to get to them someday too. And I don't think um, there is, I mean, as tricky as it is to get the to the ebon ice cave i don't think it's i think it's even trickier to get to the yeah yeah there's there's some long hikes or snowmobiles or something like that we're getting old bill i you know i don't want to break a hip or something (laughs) that's what the snowmobile is for although the ice caves on lake superior i think would be spectacular to see yeah i've seen some really spectacular pictures of those particular caves yeah or ice structures you want to say Yes. Um, in a in a really cold in a year, even um, I think somewhere south of Traverse City, maybe between Traverse City and Frankfurt area, there are some ice structures like this that form. There is, and I should have done too. a little more research to figure out where that was. But um, it all depends on the year, though. If the lakes, the Great Lakes, don't freeze, you can't get to those. Right. No, I'm. That's the thing with those is that the lake has to freeze in order to be able to get to them. Mm-hmm. Um. So, we should go to our next picture. Ah, these are some of my favorite pictures. This picture is a picture of Bill out on ice with what looks like a wall of jumbled blue ice in front of him, taller than he is. And this was taken um, at the Straits of Mackinac, near the Mackinac Bridge. Um, there's a blue ice phenomena that happens some particular years, not every year, um, where the ice starts to melt and break up and gets pushed on shore. And if the ice was created in ju- under just the right conditions, the ice will appear blue. And uh, what do you think of this picture, Bill? Makes me look pretty small. Right. Yeah, this wall, you can't see all of it in this picture, but this wall of ice actually was at least 30 feet tall. It was really, really high, piled up. We've a beautiful blue ice. Sometimes you get, like, I noticed, we noticed we crossed the Mackinac Bridge just a couple of days ago, and there was a little bit of blue ice piling up, but nothing like this. There was maybe four feet of well, it's just it's just forming now. So um, yeah, but the lake didn't freeze as early. Like I don't think it'll be a phenomenal year like it has been this year in the picture that we're showing. Um, I didn't think it was going to be anything at all. I didn't even really think it might freeze this year because it'd been open for so long. But yeah, it froze um, and broke up. I think if it stays um, frozen for a month, who knows? It could be a nice yeah. Blue. Who knows? Who knows? The fact that we saw a little bit of it on the ice that had formed yeah. means there could be. Could be some beautiful big piles of it again this year, or could be nothing. The first year that we really photographed it, um, we just kind of came upon it, right? Like we were going yeah. up to the UP probably to look for we were snowy pictures owls, of birds of some kind, yeah. And uh, we noticed that the that the ice was piling up uh, in Mackinac City, so we took a little diversion, and we got 
some really beautiful pictures of the ice with the Mackinac Bridge in the background. And um, we posted them online and a lot of people liked them. And then what was it, two, three years later that it happened again? I think two years later. And, yeah. You know, with the advent of Instagram and social media, the second time that we saw the blue ice, um, I think the first day we went and looked at and photographed it, it, there was people up there, but not that many. The next day, there was hundreds of people. Liter- literally hundreds of them. And there are not hundreds and it. hundreds of people that live in Mackinac City no, in the winter. they were from all over the place. All over the state and maybe and out even of the state. in out of and, the state. Yeah. And yeah, there was, and people were crawling all over. I mean, in this picture, Bill, you had walked, and a friend of ours had walked out on the ice a little bit towards this wall of jumbly ice and took some right. pictures. But right. You guys were careful not to go too terribly far. Yeah, we've both been around ice long enough to know you really have to respect it. And, the you know, this ice piled up here is basically an iceberg that's moving around. And it's jumbly. It's not just yeah, one solid it's, piece it's either. It's not solid. It's just piles of ice. But we saw people. Oh, they're climbing up it like it was a rock yeah, pile. people like, with little kids and pets. Yep. And- I remember going crossed the Mackinac Bridge going to your mom's one day and there was people over and I said to you, oh, those people don't like their kids at all. Yeah, right. they? <laughs> They're, They're going to them. die. I mean, ice is, it, you can get um, cracks and crevasses and uh, on the Great Lakes, you often get those ice tornadoes or those ice volcano looking, Yeah, you know, and you can fall down into them and not be able to get out. Like it's dangerous. Yeah. It's dangerous material, but well, they'll open up a void and you fall in and it seals itself up. Ice is not a static thing. It's, it's moving and growing and melting and moving and breaking up. And right. Um, you have to be very careful, but I love this picture of you. Um, and because all of the foreground and background is this blue and white ice, <clears throat> excuse me, you really stand out in the photo because you're wearing a, mustard colored jacket and your jeans do you see that you're wearing running shoes mm-hmm. tennis shoes what were you thinking <laughs> i wasn't thinking we were going to be on ice that day yeah you're a brave man actually they had enough there they were kind of a soft rubber grip that had there was they were a lot more uh grip on my feet than some of the winter boots that I, I can have, see so. the side of your jeans are wet with a little bit of snow on them so I may have been crawling around in the you ice may have been bit. crawling around or laying on the ice to get photos or you may have fallen down a few times I may have, <laughs> I may have wet myself I don't know <laughs> anyhow this is this is a pretty picture I like it and if we go to the next picture you can get sort of a perspective you want to describe this one, Bill? This is, um, I think we actually took this one from the shoreline. Yes. Um, and this is like the top of that, one of the big piles of blue ice that uh, Yeah, we I don't think that, taking pictures I think of. this was taken at, at a different time than the one I ju- that we just this looked at of you. might have been like, well, it was either the first year or the second time we saw it. Yeah, the, those two pictures are from like three years, years apart from yeah. each other. Um, um, but yeah, just give you an idea of one, the, how thick this ice is. Cause those, those blocks right there are almost three foot thick. So this picture shows big chunks of blue ice in the foreground. And in the background is the mighty Mackinac bridge. Mackinac bridge. Yep. 
and um, yeah, gives, and you can see that there's more ice piled up closer to the bridge. Yeah, and it was piled up to the, if you're looking at this picture, to the right of the of the picture. And then actually on the other side of the bridge, there was some pretty big piles of it as well. I, you know, you and I both know the force of ice as it's breaking up. You know, it pushes itself on shore and it will move big, huge boulders. Um, oh, if, it, it'll bend steel. It's, it'll bend it's steel, <laughs> yeah. I've seen video of when a, when a lake breaks up and the ice starts to move where it can push right up against people's buildings that are, you know, if you have lakefront property and, and break, it'll you know, knock, break foundations. It'll knock houses down. Yeah. 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 So it's, uh, yeah. Imagine how strong the Mackinac Bridge has to be. Um, you know, well, they, they built it to flex and that's probably the bonus of that is that it, it gives. But with, do you think it flex down at the bottom? Like it's built on those cement piers that go down in the yeah, water. No, I don't think it's, no, it's not flex down there. As far as it's flexes for the wind and, yeah. yeah. but on the, I mean, those piers have to be thick enough, strong enough, deep enough, wide enough to withstand a chunk of three foot thick ice Getting slamming beaten, against uh, it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. It's uh the San Francisco Bridge may be more famous than the Mackinac Bridge, but I don't know that it takes the kind of beating that this one does. Oh, I'm sure it doesn't. Not, it takes, not seasonal, you know, the yeah, differences in the season. The water doesn't ever freeze by that bridge, I don't believe. I don't believe it ever has. No, if it does, we're all in trouble. <laughs> yeah, we have lots of pictures of this blue ice in the bridge and... um one picture I wanted to include today, but I didn't have enough space for it, was a picture that our friend took of you and I sitting on a big chunk of this blue ice. And the ice is thick enough that we can sit on it and, you know, we can bend our legs. So the ice was as thick as from my knee to the ground and maybe even a little thicker than that. Yeah. It was big, Yeah, if I remember, we used that for one of our Christmas cards one we year. We did. Was, uh, yeah, that was a good picture. So. All right. Oh, so now we're now we're in this year. I'm I've moved on to the next, the next picture, picture, Bill. Oh yeah. And you took this one, so why don't you describe so this it? Is a picture of Winnie on what we call I call peekaboo ice. This is this is on Lake Charlevoix about a week ago, ten days ago now. Uh, like we were saying earlier, Lake Charlevoix took a long time to freeze this year. And every once in a great while, you get a freeze that there's no wind or virtually no wind. And the ice forms and you can see through it. And you, in this picture, you can see you can see the uh, the rocks and the dirt and stuff on the bottom of the lake. Winnie is standing on uh, about five, six feet of water and uh, just standing there. Again, trying not to fall down because it's extremely slippery. Um, but yeah, this doesn't happen every year because generally in the winter it snows and the lakes freeze and they get snow on them and they freeze and get snow. And so the ice either freezes and it's cloudy looking right, or it freezes and it just has a big layer of snow on it. And so you don't see that clear ice um, this year. Up until now, we have had a pretty mild winter with not a lot of snowfall. And so when the lake finally did freeze, it froze without any snow in it or on it. And so it froze 
virtually like glass. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when it first froze, Bill um, came and got me and said, you got to come down to the lake because if you skip a stone across a frozen lake that does not have snow on it like this, the uh, rock will skip across the ice and make the craziest sound. Yeah, the echoes just ping off of the ice as it bounces across yeah, and there's like nothing to stop it. So it just goes and goes and goes. Yeah, very cool. And cool. also as the ice is forming, as it's freezing, it's you can hear it. It's it's yeah. it makes the craziest sounds. How how do you describe it, Bill? Oh, it's almost like if you've heard whales calling each other it almost makes like whale noises it's, yeah, like it's moaning moaning and, and groaning and it's as it moves and and then every now and then there'll be a um a ping almost sounds like lightsabers yeah <laughs> yeah well it's like we said earlier it's moving and shaping itself and and morphing into something um and quite often the noise is actually the water actually continues to have a little bit of motion under the ice and that's quite often is the the noise that's bouncing off the bottom side of the ice that you're hearing. So the day that we went down and walked out onto the peekaboo ice um, was a beautiful day. The sun was out, which is unusual. It was one of our seven allotted days. <laughs> and, um, and there was no wind. And so we could sit on the edge of the lake and actually hear it moaning and groaning. And also it, and you described this to me, Bill, before I went down with you, that it felt like there was still the water was still moving like waves under the ice. And you could at the shoreline, you could almost see or feel the ice sort of um, going convex and concave as the water ebbed and flowed. Yeah. Um, and it just made it just made the most. uh weird noises it's I, almost like the beast that's trapped under the ice yeah it is like there's a monster under out. there it's it's really crazy yeah. and uh so you and i started to venture out onto the ice and we quickly realized that although it it there was at least two inches of ice there wasn't enough for both of us to be on the ice at the same time. not in the same spot for but sure you can see in this picture though um we never did find a place that really was not in this picture you can see quite a big freeze crack in behind you and one that kind of spiders closer to you. And uh, there just never was a spot where it was really solid for any. And any we were, yeah, we were trying and to be And we were trying careful. not to get wet. Yeah, we didn't so, want to get wet. Yeah. Um, and honestly, we went a little ways, really didn't know how much water we were in just because it was so clear. It's such an it's optical illusion. Just, you can't tell. It could be 10 foot of ice and yeah. it would look like maybe three foot of ice. Yeah. We just know sort of the depth because we're familiar with this shoreline. Right. Um, right. We did sort of start to walk out together at first. And all all of a the sudden there were little spidery cracks. Cracks. And we went heading, nope, back yep. up. So yep. we shuffled on back. We to shuffled shore. back. And then we were much more careful going back yep. out after that. And I said, why don't you go out there? And I'll yeah, you were trying picture. to get me in trouble. And you said, why don't you go out there? <laughs> It was spooky. I yeah. have to say that it was, I mean, too cool not to pass up the opportunity. Oh yeah. It was fun. Yeah. So we took a bunch of pictures and then the next day it snowed and it, and the, yep. that opportunity was gone. Yep. So we seized the moment on day two of sun for the winter. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was a fun. And then you that day, another benefit of ice 
um, maybe not in an artistic sense, but in a recreational sense, you took that afternoon and met our son on a different lake and you went ice fishing. Yeah. And yeah. you had a good time, right? We had a good time. I'm, for for anybody who might be listening that doesn't know what ice fishing is, can you describe it a little bit? Well, we uh, we went out on a lake. Um, and, and you said you went about a half mile? Hiked we walked out? about a half a mile offshore, maybe even more than that. Um, it was a small inland lake, um, and it wasn't very deep because even walking that far out, we were in 12 feet of water or something like that. But um, we have a, a contraption that's called an ice auger. And what it does is it cuts a hole in the ice. Then we made a couple of holes in the ice and put our fishing gear down through the ice and uh, proceeded to catch some fish. Caught several different kinds of fish that day. Actually, it was fun. And our son, Andy, actually live streams his fishing when he's fishing. Yeah. We've watched him do that. And I actually got to be in the in the stream if you say um that day. So, so a live fun. stream is when you um videotape yourself well it's not even video because it's live. it's live you broadcast what you're doing onto the internet and people can watch what you're doing and and uh andy live streams on um twitch which is a platform that you can access on the internet again or a smart an app on your smartphone and um People can tune in and watch what he's doing and they can type in questions and Andy keeps a pretty good running dialogue about what he's doing and uh, whatever questions people have about what kind of species of fish are in that lake or what kind of bait he's using or, or what's his technique. And um, so, so while Bill and Andy were out on, um, was it carp lake fishing? Paradise Lake. Paradise Lake. I was able to, from the comfort of my home, tune in every now and then and check in on what they were doing. And they caught, you caught we caught perch? several perch. We caught uh, some Northern pike and I actually caught a really ugly looking sucker fish. The surprise of the day. You don't normally catch sucker fish in the winter time. No, but I thought I had a, a pretty nice looking fish and I got it up and I went, Ugh. <laughs> and most of the fish that Andy catches that. or Andy and Bill catch go right back into the lake so they can live another day. And I think Andy did keep a couple of perch that he, he took home. He got some and, nice perch that he kept to eat that evening. Yeah. But we never keep any amount of them. So Andy was already set up out on the lake before you got there. And right. Andy has a little fishing shanty, which is like a little tent that you can sit inside of on the lake to keep warm. Right. And um, he has a little heater he can set up in his fish shanty. And he also can cook over that heater. And before Bill got walked out on the lake and, and met up with Andy, Andy had cooked a whole package of Johnsonville brats for lunch. Yeah, he told me generally speaking where he was going to be fishing. And uh, I headed for a shanty that I thought was his and the closer I got, I was like, yeah, I think it's his check. And then I started to smell sausage and I said to myself, I don't care if it's his or not. I'm going there to see where that <laughs> smell is coming from. So I got to watch Bill and Andy eating brats on hot dog buns and fishing and having a great time. But I even used the rod holder that was holding in the ice to put my brat on when I caught a fish so I could, I could, land the fish while I was uh, put my food down and 
the rod holder held my sausage in place while I was taking the fish <laughs> out of the lake. Well, that, it's a good, actually, ice fishing is a good time. And you don't need a boat and you don't need a fish shanty either. You can go out on the ice and right. drill a hole and, right. and you can be as comfortable as you want or yeah. not. You yeah. can sit on a upturned bucket and, and yep. fish all day if you want to. And a lot of people do that. A lot of people do that. Just take a sled and pull everything out. And, yep. 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 So while you were out ice fishing and before you got home, I went back down to the lake um, when the sun was setting. And this is the day that there's still peekaboo ice. And uh, it, I took some pictures and I haven't included any in this um, series today, but the sun was setting over Lake Charlie Boy. It was reflecting on the ice because the ice was clear and a little bit of ice that was pushed up on the shoreline was catching the light and it was pink and purple and blue. And um, while I was doing it, the ice was making all kinds of popping and cracking sounds and the whole thing was, was just magical. So yay for the ice. Yay for the ice. So let's go to, well, before we go to our next picture, um, I want to remind you that we promised you in season two, we would always try to end our podcast with something positive, some good news, some uplifting stories, something that would make you feel good. Um, and also, I want to remind you that we're calling this week's episode, how's it go, Bill? Ice, ice, baby. So go to our next picture. And this is the baby part of Ice Ice Baby. <laughs> Hello, baby. Hello, baby. Um, the good news for this episode is that yesterday our daughter gave birth to our new grandson, Arlo Rollins Bixby. And this is a picture of little brand new Arlo. <laughs> what do you got to say, Bill? He's cutie. He is a cutie. This is um, this is a cell phone picture that Lauren sent me, so it's probably not the greatest quality, but he is beautiful. Yeah, we're a little prejudiced, but he's pretty, pretty beautiful. He's a pretty beautiful little baby. He um, in this picture is you can see little Arlo's precious angel face, and his dad's hand is kind of under his head, and that gives you a little perspective of how tiny he is as a newborn baby. And he's wearing a hand crocheted, I would guess, hat. Lauren tells me that um, there's a group of, of little old ladies in Bozeman, Montana, that knit and crochet hats for the newborn babies, and they give them out in the hospital. <laughs> Lauren That's was excited. She was excited to get this little hat for Arlo. And she said that when the new, um, the new, shift of nurses came on mm -hmm. a second nurse gave them another hat she just oh. didn't she didn't tell them she already had one so now she has two <laughs> <laughs> well it's winter can't I, have enough hats i bet you those those ladies can whip out crocheted hats for infants in no time probably especially during a pandemic when there's nothing else to do they're probably whipping up hats like crazy yeah i would think Keeps it's, you know, we, we haven't met little Arlo in person yet, but isn't it amazing how quickly your heart can just fall in love with? Yeah. I find myself just staring at the pictures. Yeah. He's just a beautiful little brand new, <laughs> brand new baby. So can't that's our it. good can't, news. Can't see it in this picture, but he does have some hair. He does have some hair. He's I got a nice little tuft on the top pretty, of his head. Pretty much a, a blondie. Yeah. Adorable. 
We were on the edge of our seats in Michigan while Lauren was giving birth in Montana, uh, waiting to get our get the news and such a relief when you find out the baby's been born and everybody's fine. And I'm smiling as I'm talking. You can probably hear it in my voice. <laughs> so that's our good news for this week, this episode. Doesn't get better than that. Yes. <laughs> so uh, join us again in two weeks for our next episode of the Winnie and Jip Bill Chat podcast. Maybe it'll be all about Arlo. Maybe we will have seen him by then. <laughs> yeah, who knows? You get sick of hearing us talk about the new grandson. I try not to drone on forever. Or maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> so have a good couple of weeks, folks. Yeah, thanks for listening in and I hope you have a great day. Goodbye. Goodbye.